Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name's Colin. I am the C. Joining me is Zijan uh, the Z. Zijan, I I, uh, I didn't wish you a happy birthday. Let me do that now. Happy birthday. Uh, it's my favourite time in the podcast year when you are a year older than me. How are things? Yeah, you're definitely not doing this very generously, aren't you? You're starting this off with a very, very, very mean jibe at my age. I am and I will do it every year uh, without fail. That's so awful, Colin. Happy birthday. Wait till you're 34. Um, I wouldn't have long to wait, but uh, but right now I'm a tender stripling of only 33. Feels good. <laughs> Feels good. Well, what makes you happy? <laughs> well, yes, this definitely makes me happy. Um, we, are, we are talking today about Zombieland Double Tap. Um, we're also talking about the films of the f- half of the Friends cast. We're talking about... Uh, another Oscar film. We've got a quiz on Nicholas Sparks. We've got so much to fit in. So much. We have a lot of things. Um, <laughs> but we start, as we always do, uh, with a visit to the world of movie news. Zijan, movie yes. news. Uh, well, there's been a bit of a roller coaster with the Batman. It certainly the past has. couple of weeks. Mm. <laughs> like, they've been just announcing news after news after news. So, the first bit of news that we got is that Catwoman's going to be in the Batman. Yes. Uh, Selena Carl, um and Zoe Kravitz, the daughter of Lenny Kravitz, is going to play her. I think that's really good casting. I like that. I think so too. Um, she was in the X Men films. Was she? She was in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she was in First Class, wasn't she? The first X Men film, yes. Hmm. Uh, she was in the most recent Fantastic Beasts film. Yes, she was. Yeah, she was great in that, though. Hmm. And uh, um, I believe she's in Big Little Lies, isn't she? But I've not seen it. Um, no, I don't see that. But she'll be joining the realms of uh, the ranks of Anne Hathaway and Michelle Pfeiffer. And Halle Berry. No, that's not Selena Carl. That's still Catwoman, though, is it? That's not Selena Carl. And whatever the girl's <laughs> name is in uh, Gotham. Oh. Uh, I believe, actually, I, uh, that she voiced Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie. So she's already got Catwoman uh, experience. Oh, wow. I don't know what. Yep. I wonder whether that's kind of a testing ground. So you can, you can, <laughs> if you can voice it in Lego, then you can do it in real life. That means we're going to expect Michael Cera as Robin then. That's it. Oh, actually, that's not a bad shout. <laughs> um, so that's the, the, the first bit of news from the, the Batman. The first and least controversial bit of Batman news. Yep. <laughs> yep. The next bit of news is that Jonah Hill who was supposedly joining the Batman, and we've been talking about him joining Batman for the past two podcasts, yep. and we thought that he was going to be the Penguin, has now dropped out of the, the Batman. So Yeah, so he's gone. Um, and there's there's two diver- diverging uh, schools of thought. So, so some people are saying that he was in line for the Riddler, and some people, as you say, say he's in line for the Penguin. We all assumed it was a Penguin. Uh, but your third piece of Batman news, do you want me to... Preempt it, or go do you on. want to go for it? You can do it. Okay, Paul uh, Dano, I think, but possibly Dano, I can never remember, uh, has been cast as the Riddler. Um, and some people are saying that was because Jonah Hill dropped out, and so he mm-hmm. was their second choice. Uh, and I say some people think that both villains are going to be in it. But um, Paul, I think it's Dano. Paul Dano is a superb actor, uh, and I think will be a fantastic Riddler. A much better he Riddler than... Little Miss Sunshine, there will be blood. 12 Years a Slave, for those who don't know who he is. Because Paul Dano isn't really a household name, is he? He's not, but he, as I say, he turns up in quite a lot of stuff. Ruby Sparks, I think, was the first thing I saw him in. He played Brian Wilson in uh, Love and Mercy. He was in the BBC's War and Peace, which I didn't see, but uh, a lot of people might recognise him from that. Uh, yes, I mean, he, he's a fantastic choice. He's, um, and it, I think spells... Spells? Yeah, spells. Uh, spells good things for the Batman, because... Um, 
Paul Dano is not the kind of guy who would sign up, I think, to a poor script. I think you'll have seen that script and feel it was good. Um, he's, he's, you couldn't see him appearing in Justice League, for example. I don't think you'd have turned out for that. No, probably not that, but I can see him doing so well as the Riddler, though. He, he does look the part. Yes. Yeah. He has that kind of, I don't know, he just looks evil. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, he does, he does, like, uh, yeah, he does. I'd he say really he does. looks enigmatic, which is perfect for the Riddler. That, um, that is true, that is true. I still love the fact that a guy is called Enigma. <laughs> and it's like, ooh, I wonder who the Riddler might be. <laughs> uh, I suspect slightly more toned down than Jim Carrey was back in the day. Um, yeah, it would be. I mean, Jim Carrey really came it up a lot. In so, so far, who have we got? We've got uh, Robert Patterson, obviously, as, mm-hmm. as Bruce Wayne. We've got Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, um, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright. Wright. Yeah. Is that all we've got so far? That is all we have. I mean, those are the main cast, right? You do not need any more. I mean, there's always going to be another Alfred Pennyworth. And, oh, yeah. yeah. And oh, rumour was that um, Pierce Brosnan might be Alfred. That was only a rumour. Yeah. But uh, who knows? That's not a bad shot. Yeah. Um, do you reckon they'll be able to resist casting a Joker? I, I'm, I think they are. They have enough people. They have enough characters already in this. Film oh, they, they definitely good film. They definitely shouldn't. But with, well, I guess my question was, <laughs> will they? Um, they? They won't cast Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix won't be. It, it, it's a one-time thing only. Right? It won't. So, it won't be Joaquin Phoenix. But I'm wondering whether they'll either bring in Jared Leto, which I don't think they will. No, I don't think or so. Give, give someone else a chance. Do another Joker. <laughs> Especially since Joaquin Phoenix did a, a really good job in it. It's, you know, I, I doubt Jared Leto will come back again. It's just weird. It would be weird, yes. He's not even coming back for the Birds of Prey film, is he? Well, I don't think so. I think the Joker is in it, but I think it might be a body double. Um, he's not happy about the... Uh, he wasn't happy about the Joaquin Phoenix one, apparently. He, really? Why? Uh, well, it was his role, and he wasn't happy like, with giving it to someone else. So I think he tried to get oh. it stopped. But, um, there you go. Uh, we've got uh, yet another version of The Christmas Carol uh, coming up. Apparently uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan Gosling are planning uh, that. I don't, if, I don't think that's confirmed yet, but they're in the planning stages. Um, Ferrell is Scrooge, right? Without a doubt. That's... It has to be. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I could see him being the ghosts, Will Ferrell. Um, hmm. I always thought Scrooge was the older man anyway. He's always been the older man, hasn't he? He tends to be old, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, right. Will Ferrell and Ryan Gosling seems like an odd pairing. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Will Ferrell, to be honest, but um, Ryan Gosling is good. I, I don't know what the plans. This has been done so many times, but in quite very so things like Scrooged, featuring Bill Murray, was mm. a very loose adaptation of this. Obviously, they got the Muppets Christmas Carol that people know and love. They have that Jim Carrey motion captain one that I didn't see. Um, yeah, I don't What's sh- your favourite version of um, the Christmas Carol then? I'm gonna say Blackadder's Christmas Carol. Okay. That, that was it was uh, it was I think it was only an hour or something. It was a TV thing. That was fun. Yeah, I've not watched as many. I've seen, I've never seen the Muppets one, for example. That that's famous, isn't it? The Muppets Christmas Carol mm. is is one of the films that many people watch over Christmas. It's very well loved. Yeah, every Christmas as well. <laughs> Have you seen it? No, I've not seen it. I've not seen. I don't think I've seen any version of the Christmas Carol. That's that's a weird bit. I know yeah. the story. I know the entire story. Yeah, but yeah. I've not seen it at all. It's very bizarre. I've read the book. It's uh, like give me some points. No. But yeah. One. One point. Yes. <laughs> um. So the next thing is uh, Marvel Shang Chi, which is coming up 
um, soon, next year. No, not next year, two years' time. Um, so the director has been interviewed and he's hired the choreographer, the cinematographer for The Matrix, Bill Pope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to film... Uh, to film Xiangxi. So um, he has mentioned in the interview that he wanted to bring a more Matrix-like tone to Xiangxi. So there you go. Hmm. That's the way to do it. Is to get the guy who did the cinematography for the Matrix. Yeah. Why not? It's different though, right? I mean, the Matrix seems very, very different from all the other Marvel films we've seen so far. Even in terms of um, um, the Matrix. camera work. Even in terms of camera work. Yeah, the Matrix. Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, I guess. You've not seen The Matrix before, haven't you? I have. I have. Yeah, then? Um, yeah, they wear more trench coats than, than you get in the average Marvel film. That is true. I think they get the trench coat guy and get the costume designer. Trench coats for everyone. <laughs> Does Shang-Chi wear a trench coat? Probably not. No. Uh, here's another film that uh, might well be coming. I think is coming. Uh, Ryan Reynolds and John Krasinski uh, are teaming up, maybe, uh, for a film called Imaginary Friends. Um, in which... Oh, is that the title? I thought they've not named it yet. Uh, according to the, the the website I read, um, yes, that's the title. But who knows? It could be changed along the way. Uh, so John Krasinski would be writing it, directing it, producing it, and starring in it. And Ryan Reynolds would also be in it. Um, the idea being, <laughs> <laughs> um, the idea being, there's a chap, Ryan Reynolds, who can see imaginary friends. Um, not not just his own. He can see everyone's imaginary friends, but um, a lot of them have kind of grown older and are forgotten now, so they've become bitter. And want to kill people, so uh, he's got to stop them. Which seems like an intriguing concept. Is this a horror film? Well, that's the thing. I, I don't know. I mean, John Krasinski obviously uh, did well with Quiet Place, which was horror. But then he's, he's directed a couple of non-horror films. I, I don't think it's going to be horror. I, I, I have not. Has Ryan Reynolds been in a horror film? I think he has. Actually, I'm pretty certain he has. Uh, he was in Buried. That wasn't really horror. Uh, no, 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 no. There, there was one. I, if I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain there was one, but I can't remember the name because I don't watch horror. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I suspect it would be a comedy. I think with this concept, you're probably going to have to go comedy. But uh, I, I'd be interested in seeing that. Well, I mean, with the title of Imaginary Friends, you think people will bring their kids? Yeah, yeah, maybe to watch this film, right? So, yeah. Um, Kevin Feige. Is now has been uh, promoted to become Marvel Chief Creative Officer, mm. overseeing the TV and comic universe, and as well as being you know leader and master of the world, etc. He's doing a lot of things right now, isn't he? He is, and and the most interesting one to me is the comics because it makes sense to put him in charge of TV, especially now that Disney Plus is doing a lot of stuff that's got a massive overlap with the films. Yeah, but comics, I mean. That's always going to maintain a separate world, isn't it? And it seems a very different set of... You you think so, right? But I always say that the, the comics and the film industry have always been quite interconnected. Okay. That's why there was a period when, you know, uh, when Marvel did not have the Fantastic Four. Yeah. yeah. Um, they stopped producing many Fantastic Four comics as well. Alongside that, because, you know, yeah. Sony had them, so why why give them more promotion, uh, right? By, Fox, but... Yeah, Fox, yeah, by, by promoting their, their comic books. Because so, so. I assume comic book sales have gone up in the last 10 years or so because of the MCU, but they're still nowhere near the popularity of the films, are they? They're quite niche. Definitely. Like, I don't see... Like, do you do you read the comics after watching the films? Do you feel more of an interest in... Um, I mean, I've, I've gone back and read... I've read, like, the classics, like a Civil War, 
killing joke, whatever else. Um, but yeah, I've read, I don't know, less than 10 comics, mm. I thought. Um, okay. And, and I'm obviously a big fan of these films, so the crossover doesn't quite work. I think, I mean, probably it's just so expensive if you want to keep doing it. They are. They are really, really expensive. Like a basic graphic novel is like at least 20 quid. Mm. And they've got so many different... I mean, obviously, there's... Well, at any one time, there's probably 20 Batman comics. I don't know. But you get all these kind of... I don't know. Um, Jimmy Olsen's had comics, and mm. Aunt May has probably had comics. So, 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 she does. Yeah. So uh, it's one of those things that just was so wide, even if you wanted to keep on top of it, which I don't particularly, it would be impossible. Exactly. Uh, speaking of the Matrix, as we were earlier... Um, <laughs> Just just two pieces of news down. Yep. Yeah, I should do this in a different order. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is in talks to to reprise her role. I believe she was in it before. Yep. Uh, and speaking of people with three names, Neil Patrick Harris is in for, uh, for Matrix 4. Showing an intriguing... The intriguing path of Neil Patrick Harris's career. Uh, <laughs> it's mostly comedy. But then he turned up in uh, in Gone Girl... Oh yeah, he did. I keep forgetting that. Everyone forgets that Neil Patrick Harris was in Gone Girl. Yeah, some else of character for him. Um, but that, that, hey, that he was good. really is our character. I, I like Neil Patrick Harris in general. I think. I mean, he has a lot of charisma. He does. He does. I'm interested to see what they they get him to do here. Um, yeah, um, it's not just him who has three names who is in the the film as well. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Abdul Mateen the second is also being cast in the Matrix. All right, who's he? He was in Aquaman. Oh, the the buddy. He was Black Manta. That's the one. Oh, well, good lad. Because there was <laughs> there was some suspicion, wasn't there, that this might be a prequel and he might be a young more young version of Morpheus. Yes. Yeah. So, that was the idea. That's the idea. I mean, it can't all be prequel unless they're de-aging Keanu for the whole thing. <sighs> Keanu looks the same, right? There's no need to de-age Keanu. Well, I mean, that's generous. <laughs> he, he he looks quite youthful, but he does not look like he looked in 1999. That's no. Speaking of which, I've been watching my way through Friends again, and you know everyone says Paul Rudd hasn't aged ever. Mm-hmm. It's not true. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, well, two more pieces of news for me. Um, that is so mean. What, what's up with you, Colin? <laughs> just, just because you're one year younger than me. See, young people one like me. One month younger than me. Yeah. You are such an ageist. Oh, look, Paul Rudd, he doesn't look as young as he used to. That's what happens when you... I'm lashing age. out at everyone today. So the same, Paul Rudd. I mean, in fairness, he's like 50, isn't he? So he looks he looks younger than me, but still. Um, Elizabeth Moss is in talks for Next Goal Wins, which we talked about last time. Taika Waititi film about a terrible football team. I have no idea what she'd be doing in that. But why not? <laughs> um, and I do have one more piece of news, which I'm going to go to now, because that was quick. Um, and this is, this is the biggest piece of news of the week, so I'm not sure why okay. I left it till last. Um, you need to reorder this, man. Daniel Kaluuya... Yeah. of uh, Black Panther fame yes, and Get Out is being lined up for and Get Out of course uh, is in line for a Barney movie okay Barney like it's in the dinosaur as in the big like, purple dinosaur <laughs> as in the, the the one who loves kids uh, he does I love and you you songs. love me and all that yeah um, I don't know whether Daniel Kaluuya will be playing Barney or whether he'd be another character in this uh, you need to play Barney <laughs> I assume he'd be voicing it, but I have no idea. But the Barney movie, you can't stop it. It's coming to us. Um, I look forward immensely to seeing that. I, 
I'll watch it just as soon as I finish watching that Tetris trilogy we're getting. I grew up watching Barney, though, to be fair. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. It was part of my childhood. I watched it when I was younger. I know it didn't show it here in the UK. I mean, it did show it in the UK, but I thought it was a bit, a bit later than, than that. But uh, maybe... Uh, maybe it came out, yeah. No, I don't know. I, I just grew uh, up with it. Okay, premiered in 1992. Yeah. Uh you would have been seven. I'd have been six. We um, would have been seven. <laughs> yeah, in fact, we would have both been six because it was in April. Exactly. Uh, okay. Seven is That's legit. You carry exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my last bit of news is that Deadpool 3 is still waiting on Marvel Studios to give the go ahead. It's still not there yet. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, the writers, uh, hopefully, the, the writers did uh, uh, wrote Zombieland Double Tap as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, they obviously want it to be R-rated and interact with the rest of the MCU, but, you know, it's still up in the air. I don't think, it's going to happen, right? I mean, they made so much money. It must it, so. do, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know whether they go for the X-Force idea they had before or whether they hmm. just go for straight-up Deadpool 3. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, I find it weird that, that Disney would worry at all about doing something that's R-rated. It's not like someone's going to say, "Oh, that's R-rated." I'm not going to go and watch the next Pixar. Yeah, that's true. Doesn't make any sense. I mean, most people don't even know that Disney owns these things. I thought. No, most people don't know. Disney owns everything. Uh, That is not incorrect. (laughs) But they haven't got their hands on the Barney movie yet. Not yet. You never know. It's grossing film 2021. Um, I don't even know what year it's coming out. Uh, that's all the news we have. So we move on to our next section to C or not to Z, which might be quick. Um, it talk about films that we have seen and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or whether you should not Z them. Uh, Zijian, have you seen yes. a film that you would like to tell our lovely listeners about? I have. I saw Judy. Did you? Yes, I did. Why do you sound so surprised by that? Uh, that wasn't surprised. That was uh, Envy. Have you not seen it? I haven't I'm seen it. No, I'm surprised that you've not seen it. Because mm. it sounds like one of those films that you would be happy to watch. I would be happy to watch it. I want to watch it. But I'm a busy man, Zijan, and I've not at all. <laughs> so I don't know how much I want to say about this film now, given that you haven't seen it. Yeah. But um, yeah, Judy um, is the film about the life, well, not the whole life of Judy Garland, but her end years, the last few years, basically the last year before her, su- her, her death, really, when mm. she performed in London. Um, she's played by Renee Zellweger, um, who is magnificent in this, um, to be honest. Um, mm. She's gotten rave reviews. It's very likely she'll get an Oscar nomination for this. Oh, at least. I'm not surprised. Yeah. She's, she's, she's just brilliant. I mean, like, I mean, I, I love Renee Zellweger. I, I, I hope she doesn't win an Oscar for this. If not, if she does, then she'll disappear for like 10 more years, like she <laughs> did the last time. But she's, she's just wonderful. She's just wonderful in this, like. Oh, I like it. The film itself, it's um, it's pretty good. Uh, as biopics go, um, it's yeah, it, it speaks about her. It speaks about her last year, her last year. So she had a lot of issues with drugs. I mean, hmm. Judy Garland had a very very sad life, very extremely sad life. Like right. she 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 grew up with, you know, being drugged literally so that she can walk work longer hours when she was young. So oh. it's no it's no wonder she 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 became a drug user when mm. in her later days um i'm not a big fan of the end of the film i'm not going to spoil why though okay um yeah but yeah it's not it's not my it feels a bit contrived um the end and i'm pretty certain it does not didn't happen in real life either 
okay. they, they took a lot of liberties with the end. Um, but uh, I'll just watch it for Rene Zawaga's performance alone. Okay. Which is, yeah. So I should say, should I? Yeah, you should. You're going to watch it anyway, right? That's uh, what I say. Uh, yeah, I might, w- I might wait for the DVD. <laughs> um, we'll see. But uh, yes, it seems definitely the time for uh, for biopics of singers. They're all the rage at the moment. Um, I have not seen any. Well, I've, not, I've not seen any new films this uh, last couple of weeks. I've, I've rewatched a few, so I won't. I won't talk about them. Um, so we move on, and we're going to do things sl- slightly out of order um, because we didn't catch them last time. Uh, let's jump to actor factor now and talk through uh, the films of the Friends women: Courtney Cox, Jennifer Aniston, Lisa Kudrow. Uh, maybe we'll do the men some other time. Um, I have seen a combined sixteen films um, starring these. Uh, actors I've seen a combined 11 films starring these actors one of them I've got a question mark by because I can't really remember <laughs> if I saw it or not that's fair that, that happens quite a lot um, let's start because I think it'll be the, one of the quicker ones um, with Courtney Cox um, yes that is true I've seen Ace Ventura I've seen Ace Ventura as well that? and I've seen Scream ah. the first one um, uh, Ace Ventura very much a product of its time um, very uh, very funny and, and definitive performance from Jim, uh, Jim Carrey. Mm. Uh, a plot line which would not get made these days uh, as the film progresses. Um, yeah, fun. She was fine <laughs> in it I, from memory. She was fine. I think I think Connie Cox, compared to the, her other two cast members, didn't have as big of a film. They didn't, didn't move into the film industry as much as the other two. I mean, she she was a lot in TV, though. She was in Scrubs. She was in uh, Cougar. Cougar Town. Uh, Cougar yeah. Town, yeah. Um, yeah, she's great. Yeah, I well. think, un- unlike... Because you she hasn't done much in film, but she hasn't tried and failed, like, say, no. like someone else. She just hasn't done it. <laughs> uh, Scream. I saw the opening, like, 10 minutes of Scream 2. I don't think she actually was in it, as far as I watched. And then someone got stamped in the head, and I was like, "I can't watch this." So. Yeah, yeah, she, she, she appeared in the, she appeared in the middle of the film. She, she was the reporter. Who this? That was where she met one, her ex-husband, David Arquette, mm. on the on the Scream series. Um, who he he played a police officer, and they went on to appear in the two sequels as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, uh, uh, yeah, wasn't there a Scream Four? Yeah, I uh, think fairly that recently. They they made a TV series of Scream Did though. They really well. wow. did it. Did it. Uh, let's talk Lisa Kudrow. I've seen more of those. Um, uh, Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. I saw a very long time ago and don't remember that much about it. Uh, Ken Russell used to say it was one of his favorite films. Um, Analyze this and that, uh, which is she's married to Billy Crystal. Uh, he is a therapist for Robert De Niro, who is a, a guy in the mafia. I really enjoyed Analyze this. I've not seen it in a long time, but I saw it many times in, uh, growing up and um, I, I think it's one of Robert De Niro's few successful comedies I think he's it kind of persuaded him he could do comedy which is a shame because uh, a lot of his comedies are terrible but yeah it's good to know Billy Crystal's on good form Lise Kudrow does what she does well uh, Analyze That is terrible it's uh, <laughs> really really poor uh, yeah tried to recreate the magic and, and, and failed badly okay mm. See, the films I had for Lisa Kudrow, I don't remember her being in them. Yeah, she does that. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of vanishes. Like, I, I've got Easy A. Who was she in Easy A? She I was the know. teacher. Um, wasn't she having an affair with a pupil or something? Uh, yeah, still don't remember. Yeah, she, she, she had like one, one or two scenes. Um, 
Yeah. She was in The Girl on the Train, apparently. I, I can't remember her. Okay. And, and she was in Booksmart, the film which I saw earlier this year as well. I still can't remember <laughs> <laughs> who she played in that film. Brilliant. Um, uh, I say, well, well she was in... Oh, I mean, Easy A is a great film. She was in Unlikely Hero, which I really liked and every critic everywhere absolutely hated. Um, it's also known as Paper Man. Um, it stars Jeff Daniels as a guy who has gone away to write a book and can't do it and he befriends uh, Emma Stone's character but Lise Kudrow is his kind of his, his wife who is not very happy with him I think it's kind of a very one-dimensional um, nagging wife kind of role although she's got a point because he is a he's terrible um, and Table 19 which came out oh, two years ago maybe uh, which has got a nice ensemble cast uh, including Anna Kendrick uh, that's supposed to be awful Craig Robson uh, really? I got quite good reviews Table 19 did not yeah. I quite I enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily rush out and uh, rush out and tell everyone to watch it, but I think it's, it's if it comes up on Netflix, worth a look. Uh, generally negative reviews. There you go. How right you are. Um, <laughs> I thought, oof, wow, marginally more entertaining than uh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, no one else did. It seems. Oh, in fact, twenty-six percent of people did. According to Rotten yep. Tomatoes, um, yep. it's very uneven. There's like. What I find very weird about it is there's this kind of quite moving character revelation twist thing, but it happens after about half an hour. I think, why would you not put that at the end? Uh, do you want to go on to Jennifer Aniston? Yeah, Jennifer Aniston. I've seen six films of her. Um, the one that made me cry a lot about the dog. Molly and Me. Molly and Me, yeah. brilliant film. The one we saw together uh, for my birthday. Four years ago, the Iron Giant. She voiced the character there. Oh, did she? I missed that. Right. She did. Um, he, she was in. Uh, he's just not that into you. <laughs> that's, that's the one I've got a question mark by. <laughs> I think I've seen it. It's on Netflix, Colin. I'm pretty sure you've. Ah, uh, maybe maybe it. that's it then. The the only film that features an actuary. <laughs> A long Kim Polly. Yeah, he, he's, he's not even an actuary, but uh, yes, it's the closest we've got to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to fame. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And then two other films, um, Horrible Bosses, mm. um, where she played uh, one of the horrible boss. <laughs> which she was quite good. Eh? She was very funny in that. And uh, Cake. Yeah, Cake. I thought she was really good in Cake. Um, she was, was she nominated for Oscar for that? She I wasn't. Remember. I think there was a lot of buzz and then she wasn't. I think she may be nominated for Golden Globe or something. But um, yeah, she had really strong kind of performance. Less, more, much less comedic than she normally does. Um, mm. The weird thing about that is that uh, Anna Kendrick was in it as a kind of ghost type vision type thing which I thought was completely unnecessary yeah um, yeah I've seen all, all the ones you mentioned I think um, also uh, Bruce Almighty mm-hmm. which is uh, Jim Carrey getting power I thought you did like Bruce Almighty um, it, I think it's alright yeah so Evan Almighty's bad Bruce Almighty's not bad okay um, the the good girl which again was not a comedian Robert it was this kind of she, her life is wasting away and she's like working to check out and her doesn't her husband doesn't seem to care much for her and all this um and I think it's Jake Gyllenhaal who goes around calling himself Holden after the catcher in the eye uh changes her life uh, Office Space I saw a long time ago which is a cult classic but I I didn't enjoy it much at the time but it was a long long time ago uh, and the breakup alongside her then boyfriend Vince Vaughn which is more or less forgettable. Hmm. Um, right, let's let's award then the best film featuring a friend's uh, lead actress. I I I really like Easy A. I think I might go for that. 
Lizzie is a good film, but Lisa Kudrow doesn't... <laughs> I can't remember her in it at all. No, I'm doing it based on the issue. film rather than the performance. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like based on the film, Lizzie is really good. Booksmart is really good as well. Hmm. But, I mean, I love The Iron Giant. And, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, do you have a worse one? Yeah. Along came Polly was pretty poor, actually. Yeah. I'm going to go analyse that. Uh, there you go that's Actor Factor uh, do you, you have an Actor Factor actor for next time Zijan uh, yes next Good. time next time next time oh you're, no, not, I'm a- you're not gonna tell us <laughs> well the thing is I know you you have a lot of Matthew Perry films out there yes I do because you're a big Matthew Perry fan yes I am and I know that after you know having the three actresses from France it only makes I sense I think I can see where this is going actors from France I don't want to give you the satisfaction is it your birthday then uh, are we doing are we going to record on your birthday then I'll, I'll maybe do a um, new Perry one just by, for by the next time we record um, I will be joining you as 34 I think um Oh, okay, fine, fine okay yeah. yes let's do that as a birthday, as a birthday present, present for oh, you Colin I didn't get you anything this is, uh, this no, is so kind of you. Except mocking me. <laughs> yes. It's the same gift I get you every time. Um, let's move on, shall we, uh, to the first time that we have ever done a film beginning with the letter Z. That's my that's my gift to you. Um, it's, it's not a gift. <laughs> We're doing this because we rare our films to do. Um, in fairness, speaking of the Friends actors, is, is not much of a gift. Anyway, uh, it's Zombieland Double Tap. Uh, it's the sequel to 2009's Zombieland. Zijan, set the scene. Uh, Zombieland is a comedic film uh, where, where you expect, you know, the zombies about. It stars Woody Harrison, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin mm-hmm. um, who, who were in the first film. And this is a sequel set 10 years later. And at the beginning of this film, um, Emma Stone's and Abigail Breslin's characters uh, left the team. Uh, and that's where we started. I mean, it's a zombie film, zombie comedic film. <laughs> what, what, what else is there to oh. what else is there to spot? I'm pretty sure people can figure out the plot by now as well. Well, the um, so as ever, we'll do uh, non-spoilers and then we'll do spoilers. Um, the double tap refers to uh, a list of rules, which um, mm-hmm. Jesse Eisenberg's, Eisenberg's character. Uh, he, which one's he? He's Little Rock, is he? No, like, he is Columbia. Columbia. Colum- Colombo, something Columbus. Columbus, that's the one. Um, yeah. Yes, they're all named after, or at least they're, they're known by the names of the places they're from. Uh, he has a list of rules um, of how to survive the zombies, and double tap is one of the rules, which means kill them twice, or you shoot, uh-huh. shoot them twice. Just to make sure. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start actually with um, you say it's set ten years later. Yes. Is it definitively set ten years later? I because I, it feels it feels like not much time has passed. I. <laughs> It cannot be 10 years later. I mean, like, Little Rock, Abigail Breslin's character has grown up so much since the first yeah. film. I mean, it's really hard to justify that it's not 10 years later. I mean, I know it's 10 years in real time, but it feels like, plot-wise, nothing has happened in that time. No, the, I, I know what you mean, especially since the whole relationship between uh, Columbus and uh, Wichita. Wichita. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, spoilers for the first one, because uh, at the end of the first film... They, they get together, Emma Stone and Jesse Eisenberg. I'm going to just refer to them by the actors' names. Uh, Emma Stone and Jesse Eisenberg get together. Here we are, 10 years later. Yes. They're kind of still together. Um, in fact, they are still together. Yes. Um, uh, that's, yeah, maybe that's spoilers. Um, but yes, I, I guess we'll come back to that. But it, it did feel 
like almost no plot had happened in 10 years. They, nope. were, they were just driving around. <laughs> uh, shooting up zombies. Shooting up zombies. And yeah, no character development. Um, other than the fact that, as you say, Abigail Breslin uh, is no longer a little girl. She's turning 16, 18, one of those. Yeah, so exactly. Um, they're, they're joined by a few others. So we've got uh, Zoe Deutsch playing uh, Madison, uh, who mm-hmm. is this kind of ditzy... Blonde uh, girl, blonde, wears pink. Um, somehow has survived for <laughs> ten years. Yeah. Um, basically, by living in a freezer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, of course, you would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rosario Dawson turns up. Uh, we'll get back to her, I guess, in spoilers. Mm. That's it, really. Uh, there, well, there's, there's a guy, uh, Berkeley Barkley, who's kind of a hippie dude. Um, yeah, as you say, they, they, they kick off with uh, the team having split up. Um, yes. We, we know from the trailers that they, they end up in the White House, which I thought was quite funny. Mm. Uh, so just living in the White House. I, I wondered whether this was a savage critique of the Trump presidency, but it didn't feel like it was. Just, nah, no, it wasn't. They didn't mention it. Or... No. Actually, some of their cultural references, I was sitting there thinking, was that, was that big before 2009? <laughs> or have they pushed? Because uh, that's when the Zombieland apocalypse happened. Um, yeah, so had people really heard of that? Um, I can't. Babylon was big in two thousand. Ba- Babylon was definitely before that. There was I can't remember now. There was something else. I was thinking really, it must have been just on the cusp in uh, in two thousand and nine. Uh, the it's difficult to talk about the plot without any spoilers. But um, it's mostly them killing zombies and deciding they need to get somewhere in particular. Yes, exactly. And then yeah. heading that way and then getting there and then killing some more zombies and then going somewhere else. Isn't that that's pretty much the first plot anyway, the plot of the first film as well? That is true. The first film, I think, was interesting because yeah, so Emma Stone and Apple Gale Bryson and their sisters and there's this whole kind of who can trust whom, um, can they trust each other? yep. And kind of a bit of double-crossing, have you? But they, kind of the message of the first one, if there is a message, is uh, family is good. That's, I think that's, that's worthy. Uh, they've got two, and uh, the actors play very well off each other in the first one. Uh, maybe less so in this one. I, I think so too. I think mm. ten years has ten years has uh, definitely shown. <laughs> mm. I mean, like Woody Harrison is great, per usual. I, I loved him okay. in this film. Yeah, I did. I thought he was very very funny. Uh, uh, to be fair though, like this this film has its uh, faults, which we'll go through in yeah. the spoilers later. Mm. Right? Uh, they're quite a, quite. A, Huge gaping <laughs> plot holes as well, uh, mm. but for me, what what actually made this film good was like I, I like some of the, the cast was pretty good. Like Woody Harrelson was really good. Emma Stone was very good as well. I love Rosario Dawson. Okay, uh, I always liked her uh, in all the Marvel shows, and mm. she's always good in what she does. And even uh, Zoe Dutch, who can, who has a character who can be annoying, sometimes um, she grew on me. She she had some funny bits as well. I, I did like I did appreciate that. Um, so, I think the only few characters that I didn't really like are Columbus, the Jesse Eisenberg one. He was grating on me after a while. Okay, yeah. I had um nearly totally the opposite. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I thought I I I think Woody Harrelson is fantastic. Um, a lot of time. See, that's not the opposite. No, I mean I think he's fantastic most of the time. I didn't think he was fantastic in this. Um, I thought <laughs> he went. I mean, it's, it seems odd to say in a comedy about zombie apocalypse, but I thought he went over the top um, too much. So, I, I, I think he needs to be big, and he, he was big in the, in the first, in the previous one. But I think it didn't always work. A lot of the time, it did. Um, 
I loved Zoe Deutsch. I think she was the kind of the saving grace of this film. She was so good. It was absolutely she? hilarious. Uh, like it was a part that can could go into so annoying very easily, mm. very easily. But she she played it off so well. Loved her. Yeah, she's fantastic. Rosario Dawson. I like. But I thought was really underused in this. Um, Definitely. Um, so maybe I don't feel the opposite, but a bit different. Um, Jesse Eisenberg. I, I enjoyed. I thought he had some very funny moments. Um, and Abigail Breslin. I did not think was great. And no, I think the filmmakers also thought she wasn't great because they wrote her out for most of it. Um, Pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, I did... I did, I mean, she's not as big a name as she was 10 years ago, like the rest of them. Mm. I, was, I mean, Emma Stone wasn't that well-known in 2009 as well, an Oscar since then. You know, Jesse Eisenberg's got much, much bigger. I think it, this, this was... Was it... It was around the same time as Social Network. I can't... Maybe slightly earlier than Social Network. I think Social Network might be in 2010. Slightly earlier, yeah. Um, Woody Harrelson, I think his level of fame has been about the same through that. But uh, yeah, Abigail Breslin, I've not seen her in anything else recently. And uh, yeah, they just wrote her out for the bulk of the film. Um, <laughs> uh, what I did find weird, and I can't remember, I've not seen the first one in a while. Jesse Eisenberg's narration. Did he narrate the first one? I can't remember. Um it it was okay. I can't remember. Well, I'm pretty sure he had to narrate because he had to explain his rules, etc. Right? So he, he must have done a bit, yeah. But it's just for I was trying to think what 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 is the dynamic? Here? Is is he retelling this story to us in the after no. it's happened? Is it just a kind of is he not the same character? Actually, a lot of the narration as well was not necessary. Absolutely, uh, I know you yeah. have a concept which like show don't tell kind of thing. Mm. There was a part at the almost at the, before the end of the film, before climax of the film, was like. You do not need to say this at all. You do not need to mention this at all. I'm, I'm not sure whether you know what I'm talking about without going to spoil well, this territory. Even I mean, I don't, I don't know which specific part, but um, yeah. but there's quite a lot where he'd say something like, "I don't know, we weren't getting along that well," and then they'd have a scene of them not yeah. getting along that well. It's like we, we can figure that out, mate. Um, exactly. <laughs> we don't need you to tell us. And then you have things like uh, so, zombie kill of the week is something they carried over from the previous film, where you kind of see an imaginative zombie death. Which he which he narrates, and I think well, there's no way that character knows about that. So is he, is he the same character? I, is narrating. I mean, he must be. Yeah. But it just seemed very unnecessary and odd. And the fact, I mean, maybe it's something that happened ten years ago, and they thought they had to keep doing it. But I think you could have dropped that, and no one would have noticed. That is true. I I, I didn't remember that at all. So uh, yeah, that was that was unwise. Um, yeah, we, we talked about kind of the basic plot line. I think we can go to spoilers. Let's go to spoilers. Let's go to spoilers. Yeah, let's do that. Spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. So they... So having picked up Madison and uh, they're leaving the White House, they want to go to Graceland because that's where they think Abigail Breslin has gone. Yeah. So they do that. And then she's not there. So they go somewhere else. They go to Babylon. Babylon. Which is the hippie area. Then they fight some zombies. Yes. The end. Um, (laughs) Yeah. um, Let's talk Graceland. So you... You thought Rosario Dawson was good in this, or just or? I I always like Rosario Dawson. Mm. I think she's one of those um, actresses who can't really do wrong. I do agree that she was underused, mm. obviously, because I love her. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the Graceland bit I I did enjoy. Um, to be fair though, I thought the strongest bits of the film were in the middle part when uh, Zoe Dutch joined, mm. and then when yeah. yeah, and then it it just went quite badly after that, which we'll go to later. <laughs> but the middle bit was the strongest point of this film and I did enjoy every bit um, of Grace. I liked them when they met the doppelganger. So in the film, halfway through, um, Luke Wilson 
came up who behaved exactly like Woody Harrelson. Hmm. And I can't remember the guy who's supposed to play. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know who he is. No. Uh. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I thought the middle bit was the strongest point of the film. Um, so I, I always, I, I loved Madison. I thought she was hilarious. I think the, the funniest moments came from her, and and I, I did enjoy actually Jesse Eisenberg's bouncing off her as well. The kind of the, that's true because yeah. yeah, she, she, they, they come across her. She immediately sleeps with him in the White House. Um, at, shortly after he's uh, proposed to. Emma Stone, who said nothing much and then left. Um, I, and then you kind of you got he clearly wants rid of this of Madison, but can't do it. And you can I, 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 the kind of Emma Stone, Jesse Eisenberg, Zoe Deutsch triangle. I thought worked very nicely. Um, I enjoyed that. I didn't love the doppelgangers, if I'm honest. I, I remember seeing it in the trailer, thinking, "Is, is that what we're doing?" Um, ah, I. I didn't. I thought I didn't like it at the beginning, mm. but then you know, like, it, like, like Zoe Dutch grew on me. <laughs> it, it came like, off better than I thought it would. But it, yeah, it, it appeared better. I, I didn't like when they were talking about the whole list of rules and commandments. Though that was the part I was like, oh my god, I, that it, was tiresome. It was, yeah, it did feel like it the, went on for way too. Went, yeah, it, it felt like they thought we, we the audience, our, our fondest memories of Zombieland, but the fact it had a list of rules, and it's like that's. That's not what I look back and think. Oh, yeah, that was great. I think no, I, I, I enjoyed Zombieland a lot, but it, and the rules were fine. But it wasn't like I memorized the list and love it. Um, they got killed fairly quickly. Uh, I, at that point, I was thinking, are we just introducing characters, then killing them, and then moving on somewhere else? Because obviously, the film was trying to make us believe that Madison was dead. I didn't really think for a moment that she was dead. No, I me neither. Because like I. I Figured that it was a peanut allergy right from the beginning as well, especially yeah. since she was eating before that. I was like, yeah, it's quite obvious, isn't it? It is a bit. And I think in any film, comedy, drama, whatever, when someone's about to shoot someone and then you hear the shots off screen, they're never actually shot. <laughs> there's mm. there's no way that that was ever going to be a, a really case. Uh, um, oh, yes, this, this plays into my kind of 10 years later question. Mm-hmm. So... If Jesse Eisenberg and Emma Stone have been dating for ten years, yep. and there's basically no one else around, yeah, why is she so panicked about marrying? That doesn't feel like much more of a commitment um, than the t- ten years that they've been years. dating. Yeah. Also, why would she be? You know, why would she be upset that you know Jesse Eisenberg was having sex with Madison, especially since she broke a ten-year relationship by leaving a note? Uh, I thought she wasn't upset enough to be honest. <laughs> um, that the the guy that should be dating for 10 years immediately jumped into bed with someone else. <laughs> yeah, but she left with a note after 10 years. Still. Still. After being proposed to, Colin. I'm not so, I'm not defending what she did, but I, I, it doesn't necessarily show his undying love for her that the, the next girl he meets, he then sleeps with. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a romantic, Zijan. I... Uh, <laughs> and I also have strong feelings about Emma Stone. Those, those two... Those, <laughs> Those two things. Um, I enjoyed the uh, the idea of being murried. Um, so Rosario Dawson brings up the the idea that um, if you accidentally yeah. kill someone because you think you're a zombie, it, it's called being murried. That, that, that makes sense. That's a good yeah, thing. I enjoyed that, yeah. that gag. I'll tell you what I didn't enjoy. Um, the post-credits Bill Murray bit that ran for about 10 minutes. <laughs> it's like, if you show him for 30 seconds, that's funny. You show him that long... It wasn't ten minutes. It was maybe five. It was probably about two minutes. But it felt like it was a long time. Um, he's doing a promo for Gar- Garfield Three, 
Yes. You know, call back to a joke that was funny 10 years ago. Yep. And then you just see him fighting zombies for a long time. Um, yeah, it's like basically the same thing as uh, you said about the list, right? The director thinks hmm. what we think is funny. Um, decided to put it in, in this film again. Yeah. I I, was, I guess I, I was, it kind of assumes that we all love Bill Murray. I always find that Jesse Eisenberg described him as being the greatest comic actor of our generation. It's like by no stretch of imagination that Jesse Eisenberg and Bill Murray of the same generation. <laughs> that that baffled me. Um, Shall we move on to the end? Go on then. Which I did like. So, um, Little uh, Little Rock, which is um, Abigail Breslin's character, yep. uh, has disappeared for most of the film because she went and date uh, this hipster guy mm. called Berkeley, and they went to. Uh, this place called Babylon, which is a pacifist area. I think technically he's a hippie rather than a hipster. I'm not going to push too hard on the differentiation between those two things, but I think that's what I'd put down as. Anyway, carry on. It's a hippie area, yeah. There's a pacifist area where they melt all their weapons before going in. Well, do they? Yeah, that's the thing. It's bizarre. This whole bit at the end made no sense whatsoever. Okay. Like... Absolutely no sense whatsoever. It felt rushed. It felt all over the place. By the time the whole group um, ended up meeting together in Babylon, the plot just just went on so quickly and they're trying to cram so many things in it that nothing makes sense whatsoever. And people just have their motivations turn immediately on the... <laughs> with a snap of the fingers. It makes no sense whatsoever. So, um, at the beginning, um, so... Tallahassee, Woody Harrison's character, decided to leave the group because uh, he felt he wasn't wanted there. Two seconds later, yep. he sees a zombie horde rushing towards them to, to Babylon. Two seconds later, he goes back to them, rousing them up to defend everyone. Then Little Rock, for the whole film, was in love with Berkeley, mm. drops him at a dime just like that, teams up with them all together and sets up this complicated trap which, honestly, like if the horde of zombies rushing towards fireworks, there's no way this could possibly work yep. at all. Yeah, and then, the, and then the thing is, this the whole ending was to get Woody Harrison to get up to the building and jump on it, and hang out and and hang uh, and hang on to the crane and mm. see a bunch of zombies jumping off. That was the whole point of the ending, and it was rushed towards that point because every bit of it that led up to that made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Because suddenly, they get overrun by zombies because obviously you'll be overrun by zombies. Yeah. And then they, they were stuck at a, at a shack for some weird reason. I don't know why they decided to run to a shack given that their final goal was to go up to the building. Yeah. Because they prepared everyone to hold up the barriers on the top of the bloody building in the first place. So why did they climb up the... the yeah, they go into this very ill-defended kind of, as you say, shack well, in the middle of yeah, the middle of nowhere. It made no sense whatsoever. Uh, so the- and then of... We, we, we've learned about these T-800 zombies uh, named after the Terminator who basically in, you, you need to shoot them like 20 times before they die. Mm-hmm. Unless they're attacking you in a shack in which case you hit them with a spade and they seem to call <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I mean they were all about to die. It was all about to be over. Uh, and then Rosario Dawson drives past. Of course she does. All the zombies the decide to run after her and get killed instead of attacking the four people that they've got defenseless. Uh, I can't remember how Rosario Dawson knows that they're there. I'm sure it got mentioned at some point. Um, yeah, probably. Then the truck overturned. Hmm. Then they went up, you climb up the building. The, the zombies climbed up the building with them. And of course, the whole of Babylon was prepared for this. Like, this wasn't planned all along in the first place. Hmm. Like, honestly. And then, 
Woody Harrison did um did jump off the building and hung on to a crane, which was definitely mentioned earlier in the film. I should have known right from the beginning that they were going to do the same thing like they did. You know, the whole mention of, oh, I have ancestors who are Native yeah. Americans. I knew that. They were, oh, I wish I, I, I seen that coming. It was annoying that I didn't see that coming, even though I should have. Well, the, I didn't see it either, but there, there were lots of kind of things like that where they plant a seed and then pay it off, which is, which is kind of fun, but they did do it a lot. It's like he said, oh, this car will tip over and then it tips over and things like um, that felt the weakest because his sudden announcement that he was part Native American <laughs> I wondered if it was a subtle reference to Elizabeth Warren but I don't think it was um, and then he talked about causing pale face and stuff like that I think well, that's, that's been done to death um, Abigail Breslin had a gun despite the fact that they check everyone for guns and I know right There's... which which again is another payoff because it was a gun that he gave her at, at, at their Christmas thing Um yeah, it, it certainly felt at the end that it was setting up for another one, with Rosario Dawson now in the crew, um, expanding their family dynamic, I suppose. I don't think it's going to get another one. This one didn't... I don't know what it's done financially, but the the reviews are fairly middling. Yeah, they have been. Um, and I'm not surprised, though. The, the end just ruined it for me. I, I was enjoying myself okay. until that bit. Yeah. I would say... I. I it didn't really change my view. I was thinking this is this is okay. I kind of came out thinking it was okay. I'd, I'd give it three stars. Um, it, uh, not as good as the first one, but nice to see. Definitely not as good as the first one. No, it's nice to see his characters again. Um, what's interesting uh-huh. is that this was originally pitched as a TV show, the first the first Zombieland, and obviously got made into a film instead. Hmm. Um, but then things, so things like Zombie Kill of the Week, that was an idea that makes somewhat more sense in a TV show. Yeah. Uh, and watching this, I think this this would have worked better as a TV show. Um, I think things like we need to get to here, we need to do this, would have worked better as kind of played out across a series. Um, Rather than in one film. Yeah. And kind of like, okay, Graceland is the destination for the end of series one, that kind of thing. You, yep. you could see them all on the way, the dynamic changing. Uh, um, as it is... It felt, despite the fact not a lot happened, it still felt fairly rushed. I don't know how they managed to do both those things. Uh. <laughs> uh, there was, in fact, a Zombieland pilot. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. I discovered that this week. Um, it's about five years ago, I think. Um, Z- Zombies used to be flavor of the month, though. They were when Walking Dead was huge. Yeah, mm. um, but it was so Ab- Amazon did this. They did a thing where they they showed like pilots from a few things, and people had to vote on their favorite, and that one got a series. Uh, and Zombieland did not get it. But weirdly, they kept the same characters from the film, just recast them all, because obviously you can't get this cast. Oh. And fans absolutely hated it. Um, <laughs> I've not seen it. I've seen clips. But uh, oh, I, wow. I think what a huge mistake to try and keep the same characters and have them played by nobodies, because these are beloved actors, fantastic actors. Why would you not just write a different set of characters in the same universe? Oh. Anyway. Um, I have nothing more to say about this. Yeah, me neither. I've rented my. I cool. rented it out. Uh, so I'd say, yeah, watch it if you want. It's not. As, it's not as bad as some of the. I've seen some pretty bad reviews. It's not that bad. It's it's a fun time, but you can wait till Netflix. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Uh, let's move on. Ooh, we've got loads of time. Uh, let's move on to um, our segment, Look Back in Oscar, where we look back on Oscar-winning films over the years. And um, this time, we, we've been looking at The French Connection. 1971. 71, is that right? Um, 
I'm going to tell you right up front, I saw this a couple of years ago. I have not rewatched it. Um, okay. So All right. we'll see how much I can remember of it. That's okay. Yeah. So it won five Academy Awards at the 44th Academy Awards, uh, apparently being the first R-rated uh, Best Picture to win. Really? Since the introduction of the system. But but the oh. introduction of the system was in 1968, though. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that became a very uninteresting fact very quickly. <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> I won Best Actor for Gene Hackman, Best Director, Best Film Editing, Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, and yeah, it starred Gene Hackman, Ron, Roy Schneider, and Fernando Rey. And it's about the story of two NYPD detectives on the pursuit of a French heroine, am I pronouncing this correctly? Yep. Smuggler. Hmm. Um, let me tell you all the things I remember from this film. Go on then. Um, Gene Hackman was wearing a pork pie hat, um, which is uh, the name the kind of hat he was wearing, which is very iconic. Um, the car chase, where they're chasing underneath the railway line, uh, which you may remember, Zijan, uh, if you cast your mind back, when we watched uh, Captain Marvel earlier this year, mm. I referred to the fact that the car chase, I thought, was a, a reference to the French Connection. Uh, yeah. Now that you've seen both, you may or may not agree with that. Yeah, um, I can see why. And I remember that he was called Popeye. He is called Popeye. Which I thought He's, was funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, the car chase scene is very well known. Mm. Like, like everyone's been talking about it, you've been talking about it, and then I finally see it. So I can understand that. I can understand why. Because they put the camera quite low. Like Yes, and it's, it's kind of, you get a lot of POV from the car. Exactly. So you feel like you are in the car chase mm. scene as well. So it's done really well. I, I enjoy it a bit. Um, so for, for me, um, so Popeye... I, from this whole film while I'm watching is, I do not know, I can't come up with a conclusion whether he is actually a good cop or actually a very bad cop who is very lucky all right. in this film. Okay. Because all, all, all the connections they made seem to come up from pure luck whatsoever and any police work that he's supposed to be doing, like, he's supposed to be quite professional. You know, I always imagine police to be quite professional, but he's clearly not that. In oh, any he's way a, he's a maverick. He is a maverick, yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm not sure, you know, at the end whether I can, you know, whether I think he is either one or all. I mean, it's the '70s. I, I think the uh, a '70s movie cop is never going to be uh, doing his job. No, uh, by, that's by true. the book, is he? He's never going to be kind of doing all the paperwork and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, and and the car chase scene was very fun, but the, to chase the assassin, that was one stupid assassin as well. Oh, yeah. Honestly, like for for a guy who's supposed to be you know known for killing people, he was just plain dumb. Like he was he was sniping Popeye from top of the building. That's fine. And then you know when Popeye went up to the building, what does he? See? How does he know who the assassin was? Because there's one guy running away from the building. You know, yep. running directly away from the building oh. and then went into a train shot a lot of people causing lots of commotion obviously he got caught and killed pretty dumb yeah that's not um, it's not the best move uh, yeah yeah I guess R rated for the uh, for all the shooting and blood and what have you um, yeah which lots of shooting makes sense uh, I did like the end because there was like um, there was a bit because he he was very uh, dog-headed, very stubborn. Um, this Popeye guy. Um, oh, yeah, pick-headed. Okay. Yeah, he's pick-headed. Yeah, that's, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he 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 ended up killing an FBI agent by accident. Mm. At the end, do you remember that bit? And uh, like at the end, um, there was just a single gunshot where he was he went out to change the French uh, smuggler. Uh, yeah, you don't know who died yes, at all. When what happened? I think they ruined the film by having title cuts after that explaining what happened. 
to all the characters. Okay. <laughs> like, I would like it if they ended the film there with a single gunshot, and that was that. Yes, that would, I wonder if you're allowed to do that in 1971, whether you have to make oh. it clear that, uh, <laughs> that the, the goodies did good things and... Whatever. Yeah, well, the bad guy uh, escaped in the end as well. Well, they the same year as Clockwork Orange, so I guess you could do anything you like. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I found out that the guy playing the Frenchman um, was Spanish. <gasps> and his French was dubbed. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, couldn't they just call it the Spanish connection and be done with it? That would have. No, because this is based on a on a book. A book yeah. Mm. Uh, so for, for me, I say it's not proven a massively memorable. I think very stylistically memorable. So that you kind of well the car chase, but also the yeah the costumes, the the appearance, the the, the way it was shot. William Freakin is is a fantastic director. Um, but the plot line, I remembered nothing of it really. No, um, I think cinema has matured a lot since then. Okay. I think all for the better, really. Like uh, there, 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 there are bits which I, I really, I, I didn't like. Like the, the character is just a bit. I'm going to claim that Zombieland Double Tap is not a more mature film than The French Connection. <laughs> probably not in that sense. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we probably expect more uh, convoluted plots for our. Yeah, me our, too. A thing. Yeah, maybe since the sting, I don't know, but uh, I'm sure stuff for that. But you, you'd expect double crossings and all sorts of clever things. Exactly. Um, whereas this, I suppose, is more about the character uh, and the style. Okay. Well, uh, did, did, overall, did you enjoy it? I think people should just watch it because I mean, I'm uh, just for the car scene alone because it's very famous and you should under- yeah. you, you should watch it just to understand why maybe you should watch the car scene I mean definitely watch the car scene I, I think you yeah. probably don't need much more than that if I'm being honest yeah, I think so too uh, okay in our in our newfound system we're alternating well theoretically we're alternating actor factor and look back on <laughs> Oscar after we've done both this time um, so we won't pick an, a look back on Oscar uh, yet because we're going to be talking about the films of Matthew Perry none of which as far as I recall have won an Oscar but um, I not yet I could be wrong maybe on your birthday yes Maybe. Uh, so we move on then to our final segment, which is, as ever, the quiz. Um, I have got a huge, huge lead for the year's agent. Yeah, there's no way I can catch up now, Colin, especially given what's, happened, what's going to happen to our next podcast well, as well. Well, there you go. Um, well, the, the, list, the, the listener will soon be bereft when they find that out. Um, <laughs> but we're quizzing on film adaptations of Nicholas Sparks' novels. Ah, uh, uh, wow. He does have so many film adaptations. He's got quite a few. Um, Zijan, kick us off. Okay, question one. This is you're gonna love this question. Carl. Am I? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, all of the films of um, which are based on Nicholas Park books, their their theatrical posters have the couples embracing each other. Right. Except one. <laughs> which one is that? <laughs> He only writes romance films, and all the the posters I've seen have all the couples embracing each other, right? Except for one. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, go big or go home, right? I'm really lost. Yeah, that's this, a, this that's year's a, quiz. Why not? Um, is um, I'm I'm trying to think of even some of the names. I'm going to do pretty badly in this one. Um, was it the last song? No, it wasn't. It was the longest ride. All right. What's that on the, po- the poster? In the, in the poster, he touched her hat <laughs> fondly. Amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, how many films, Cian, have been made of Nicholas Sparks' books? Uh, 
too many. Okay. More than it should be. Uh, 11? It is 11. Very good. Wow. How many, uh, have, you, how many have you seen out of interest? None. Not really. I've seen two of them. Oh, you're doing better than me. Yeah. Uh, question two. Which real-life couple were the main stars of the last song? Uh, was it Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth? That's correct. Uh, I had to think about my Hemsworth for a while there. Um, which Nicholas Sparks adaptation has the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score? Just 8%. <laughs> That's the best of me. Best of me, which is one of the two that I've seen. Um, <laughs> Do you agree with them? Uh, 8% seems harsh. It wasn't good, but it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bad film, but 8% seems harsh. Which of these films is about a poor lumber mill worker falling in love with an heiress? Most of them? <laughs> um, <laughs> the Choice. No, this is The Notebook. It's the most famous one. Was he a limp, limp? Is that what he did? Yeah, yeah, he did that and then he went to join the army. I Okay, good. Um, I, I've seen the film. I don't remember him doing that. Um, the longest gap between the book and the film is eight years. Uh, which film, which also has the highest Rotten Tomatoes score, has that record? That's giving you so much information there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it has to be the Notebook, right? It is the it's notebook. the only one yes, that, that yeah. people care about. I should have I should have just left it at the gap. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Without that, right, I would have known. Thanks, Colin. No I know that you've won this year, but, but still. Yeah, if I need this one right. to stay in the game for this quiz. Um, uh, question four. James Marsden starred in two films. Which two films are there? Uh, the Best of Me and The Notebook. That's correct. Clearly, I've only seen the James Marsden ones. Um, <laughs> yeah, you care for fear it. Uh, which is the only adaptation for which Nicholas Sparks uh, co-wrote the screenplay? Oh, that's a good question. Thank um, you. Dear John? Uh, no, it's the last song. Uh, well, anyway. Uh, my last question, Colin. Oh, yes. Question five. Which is the first film of Nicholas Sparks' uh, books that did not end up with when any one of the main protagonists died? <laughs> they um, mostly die. If you're in a Nicholas Sparks adaptation, do you yeah, probably die? I'm trying to remember the end of the notebook. I'm sure I'm sure she died. Um, was it The Longest Ride? No, it was Dear John. So, four films before that with one person dying each. Nice. Uh, okay, you've already won, but here's a final question. Uh, which film revolves around characters called Travis Shaw and Gabby Holland? Uh, <laughs> uh, the last song? Uh, it's the choice. There you go. Um, well, 3-2 victory for you. Congratulations. I hope you feel very proud. Not really. Um, next time, we will be quizzing on the films of Ruben Fleischer. Um, but our next time... It's not the next time. No, so this oh, is sad news, DJ. Sad news that we have to break to our audience. For the first time in I don't know how long. Uh, three years? It's been a while. It's been a while. Two and a half, maybe. Um, for the first time we are missing an episode, so don't tune in in two weeks' time. We won't be here because we're um, both away for various things. Uh, uh, but come back, uh, I guess, two weeks after that. Unless we're for a three-week gap. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Come back Please do. Please a bit come later, back. Uh, by which time I will also be 34 um, and will not have this youthful uh, tomb to my voice. 
um, we we have not decided yet uh, what the topic will be either. Um, so hopefully it'll be a good one. We'll see you then. Bye. <laughs>